Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with the Transform Sales Podcast, special edition called Transform Life. Uh, Joe Bosco, you are my first guest on the Transform Life series. How are you doing today, man? Pleasure. Why do you look so here. tan and in, in good me. shape, bro? Is it just to show me up on the first podcast? Do you go to a tanning booth? I, I think it's the reflection off this microphone. It might be. It's a red light. It's a red, red light, light sauna. So. <laughs> Or it could be the convertible. Awesome. awesome. So, so, all right. Before we jump into it, you know, I want I want people to know who you are. A quick, quick introduction. Who is who is Joe Bosco, the man, the myth, the legend? Um, and and tell us a nice little fact about you that most people wouldn't know. Yeah. So I'm Joe Bosco, and I am just a normal guy, just like everybody else, and. Right now, I'm currently the head of sales of Bottom Line. And what I do is I manage and train salespeople. And of course, my job is to produce and, and bring us some numbers. Um, a little fact about me, I used to be homeless about three times before I got into my current career. And what, what always pushed me forward is, is having faith, right? Believing in myself and knowing that I'm capable of, of achieving what I wanted to achieve. So. All the times that I was down, I, I made sure that I lifted myself up. I motivated myself. I believed in myself. Yeah. And, and I, I think I met you forward. during COVID. Uh, and I think I met you maybe during that time that you're talking about, right? And I think, I think my, my impression of you then is the same as it is now. You were a very nice, happy guy. Your attitude was super positive. Um, always asking questions, always learning, always looking for mentors. So... You know, when I met you, were you in that situation or a little past that situation? Because I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I was past it by six months, awesome. maybe six months. And um, so, so yeah, how did you get, you know, months. how did you actually get into sales in the first place? I've been selling my whole life. I mean, I, I started selling cars with my uncle when I was 16. I started selling real estate when I was 18 um, from from real estate that led into doing other real estate products. Nothing really worked out for me, but I mean, I was just always in sales and I knew that I was a salesperson. So then eventually I tried to get into the online sales of the world. So I started to build websites. I started to build companies online. They all pretty much failed, but I tried. So I went from in-person sales to digital sales, and then now I'm back here into this back in this, corporate, this corporate world. world. Uh, how did how did cha sales change your life? Tell everybody. By the way, oftentimes listening uh, to this is uh, sales leaders, um, SDRs that are breaking the sales for the first time, all the way up to VP sales like yourself. And uh, I think it's awesome for people to hear, you know, the real story about people who get into sales and. and you know, even early on in your career, I think you're how old now? 28. So you're still, you're still 28, still a young buck. Um, and I hope you follow my advice I gave you the other day. That's a whole, whole separate conversation. Uh, what, how has sales ch changed your life? Financially speaking, it changed everything. When I made my first million last year, that was the first time in my, in my, life, of course, that obviously I made a million dollars, but where the weight of pressure, the weight of bills, the weight just lifted off the shoulders, right? So then I was able to 
to to just be myself. I was able to do more of what Joe Bosco wanted to do and not conform to what I can do or cannot do. Like even just going out to dinner with my family, with five people, six people, the bill comes. Now it's like no hesitation, just I can pay for it. And I want to do those things because that's the type of person I am. And I like to give back. So sales changed my life financially um, in terms of so it gave, it gave you financial freedom, on a personal freedom, level. Right? It helped me connect. Yeah, the financial freedom is there for sure. And then it just became it became a, a personal thing. Now with sales, like the fear is gone to speak to people. I can walk in the room. It doesn't matter who's in the room, whether they have zero net worth or a billion dollar net worth. I'm comfortable being in that room. I'm comfortable talking, sharing my stories engaging with people the fear is gone so of course the fear of rejection has, has been eliminated for some time now but also the fear of speaking to anybody about anything is gone so i think sales is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life in your young life because you got a long way to go so so basically you know you you've, you've been doing sales your whole life right you've hit bottom a few times in your life um you got back up and you didn't quit and you found a, a company, a position that allowed you to succeed, right? But that success came out of the, the ashes of failure. Uh, what would you say to anybody listening who's said they've tried sales before and they didn't like it? What's, what is that? What do you, how do you respond to that? There's some variables, but I can say that, I can confidently say that if you're able to be yourself in sales and you're able to, of course, learn because you need to learn and take advice from mentors and sales leaders. But if you can be yourself in the sale and not try to change yourself, not try to put on a weird salesperson hat. And for instance, a common example is just simply the introduction, right? Let's say it's a sales job and it involves cold calling or warm inbound calls. If you're picking up the phone and you're and you're answering or, or you're starting the conversation saying, hey, my name is Joe Bosco. I'm with Bottom Line Concepts. How are you doing today? It's just so salesy. It's not yourself. That's not who you are. As opposed to if you go and meet your friend and you're like, hey, Amir, good to see you again. How are you? You know, it's just more natural. So I think the people who have tried in sales and, and they didn't give it another shot or they maybe didn't like it, maybe they were trying to conform to some some sort of idea of what they think sales should be as opposed to just being themselves, being authentic, being genuine. And most importantly, they need to be an expert in what they're selling. If you know everything about your product or your service, you can confidently speak to people and be able to be natural. It doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't need to be uneasy. It should just be a normal, yeah. do, do you, natural Would you give advice to people that tried sales and that it failed to to kind of analyze why it failed and 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 ask themselves what they learned and then to to maybe look for a position that could better suit their skills or give them a product they're really behind it because i think sometimes you know we live in a world where when you said like you just said it like you need to be an expert or you're helping sometimes we take jobs because they're available versus selecting a job with something you're passionate about right um do you, would you give advice to people that like Hey, go from taking a sales job because you got a good sales job to finding some a product or a service that you can stand behind. Is that is that a big difference in, in someone's sales career? 
Massive, massive. I agree 100%. You have to be passionate. I, I owe all of my success and my colleagues feel the same that the reason why I'm successful in this position is because of my passion for what I'm doing. I remember way back when I used to work at a call center and I was doing real estate marketing and my job was to um, cold call. I was on an auto dialer and I was making about 400 outbound cold calls per day to real estate agents trying to sell them a $99 service. And for me, I knew what the product was. I knew the service. I knew that I did not believe in it. I didn't feel confident in it. And my passion wasn't there. If anything, I was just exhausted. I started to get anxiety. I started getting panic attacks because I just, I didn't align with what I was selling. And that led me to leave, leaving that job because I knew it wasn't something did that, that did that I ever really did thought doing. ever cross so, your mind that maybe sales wasn't for you at that point? What, no, what, you, what no, were you thinking? No, I just knew that I needed to do. I knew that I needed to do something that I enjoyed doing. You know, they say find your passion and make a career out of it. I enjoy helping yeah. people. I enjoy giving. And this, you know, this service that yeah, we offer. So a lot of people listening to this potentially could be uh, uh, international freelancers that are in a marketplace, many of whom work at call centers, right? Uh, many of whom I think have a bad view of sales because they are perhaps selling products that they aren't aligned with or work for companies that don't put their training first, right? Um, and, and part of the things that we do is help connect them with, with even leaders like yourself stateside to kind, of, to, to kind of get them out of that call center and get them directly in sales. Uh, anybody listening that maybe isn't a call center right now, there's hundreds of thousands, maybe million, millions of uh, people working call centers, which are all great jobs. Any advice to them? Like, would you tell them that, like, would you advise them to get out of call centers? Would you advise them to, you know, not judge the field of sales by the call center, right? Because a lot of people, that, that's what they know, right? They, they, that's all they know. You know, you broke out of there, but what would you say to the people that think they can't or feel they're stuck? I wouldn't necessarily say that I broke out of it because the reality is I'm still doing calls all day. I just now do calls and, and I choose the way I do my calls, right? So my calls are all booked meetings. People schedule with me to, to actually take a call. So for me, I'm still doing calls all day long. I think call centers make the most amount of money possible. I think going back to our previous note, it's um it's about aligning with something that you you enjoy selling something that you're passionate about something that you can stand behind and feel confident about it or if it's a product that you you've used or if it's a service that you use or you see the value in and you maybe even shared it with a friend or a family and they've seen success with it then you feel more confident that you can bring this out to your your your, your customers or your prospects that are yeah. going to be on so, the other to me it sounds home. like you know there's not sure. a lot of conversations about you know how different sales can be right i think selling um you know perhaps a product that does not benefit your clients they end up buying it losing money 90 percent of the time could be very different than somebody who proactively wants to buy a yacht and is looking for the nicest yacht right i think do you think there's enough education out there for people that are breaking into sales careers or, or looking to move upwards and laterally to sales career about the difference between positions? Like, do you think we're talking about that enough or is it just sales is sales and that's the end of the story? Um, what do you think about that? Because like, you, you obviously you're very much into communities. Like, do you think we're talking about it enough? Because I, I personally feel like people think sales is sales. It's in 
It's interesting. I, 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 I understand what you're saying. There's different levels of sales. There's appointment setters, there's cold callers, there's intake managers, there's closers. So if you're in a sales position and you're not having success in your current position, maybe it's just not the right fit and maybe you should move to a different position where you see more success. Maybe you're incredible at making a cold call and getting through the, the introduction part and, and actually being in the call where now you, you have somebody's time and you're able to um, speak accordingly and, and provide the service that you want to provide. And maybe that's where you're fit, or maybe you're just good at closing and you need to be only on phone calls with people who are vetted, right? So maybe um, as a closer, you, you, you don't have time for the, the people who are not interested. You don't have time for the people who don't see value in what you're offering. But if you do speak to somebody that's, that's interested in what you're offering and you're a closer, maybe that's the person or that's the type of sale that you need to, to be on only. You're not fit for setting up the appointment. That might be a better fit for someone who's an appointment setter to get you in the door on a qualified call so you can do what you're, you're best at. And we even have people like that in our company where they didn't really do well as a closer, so we moved them to more of a customer support role, or we moved them more to a referral partner manager where they just maintain relationships with people and they're more effective there. Which, is it safe to say, like a good analogy, that sales is almost kind of like a, uh, a football team in which you know, everybody has this uh, assumption that football is you know, get smashed, get a concussion, which it kind of is most of the time, but like the difference, like how there's such a difference between like a punter's role versus a quarterback versus a wide receiver versus a linebacker, right? And like everyone just thinks football's football, but like you can go, you can have a different experience in each position. Do you think that sales is, is becoming like that in the sense that like it's this, every position is different, right? Is that, is that something you see that people don't talk about? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, everybody plays a major, a major part here. And if you can figure out what you're good at and you can fall into that role, then you should be able to be successful. As long as you follow the, the, the written in stone guidelines of sales, which is you need to be an expert at what your, what your, what your company provides. If you can be an expert in what your company provides, you can be happy, excited, and feel passionate behind what you're offering, then it helps. You'll be able yeah, to play that the makes part sense. that you need to pay. Yeah, um, of course. Kind of a tricky question. What do you say to somebody who can't afford to not have one paycheck missed, is stuck in a sales job that they're not happy with, and you know they're worried that if they lose their job, they might be on, on the streets? What would you say to that person? And I know it's kind of a, a you know not the easiest position, but any advice for that someone in that situation? Because I think. You know, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck, right? A lot of people, a job is a necessity. It's not a luxury, right? Um, and, and I think choices go down, obviously, when you don't have savings, right? Or you're taking care of a family, right? Um, any advice for somebody in that situation? I think the more value that you can provide to your company, the more you'll be compensated. I didn't get to move up into my position and get an increase in salary, an increase in commission because I was just a regular salesperson. I provided value. I showed my, my team leaders, I showed my CEO, my COO that I can do things 
in this position and I can help duplicate myself, I can replicate myself, I can create a team, I can build something bigger than just me being mm -hmm. in my, my current role. Because of course, just like anybody, I started out in my company as a regular bottom level advisor where I just took sales calls all day long and eventually I've moved my way up after producing hundreds of millions of dollars in, in um, re excuse me, refunds for these, these clients. And I produced a ton of money for my, my company itself. So they saw value in, in my ability. They saw that I was able to replicate myself. I brought on people indirectly speaking. I, I brought on other people who became affiliates of my company and they were not on our salary, but I trained them how to be excellent salespeople. So these outside affiliates started to become self-sufficient. So we weren't paying them salaries, but they were going out there and closing deals for themselves, which they would get paid on. But they were basically skipping the process of coming to the company and letting our team do it. So when my leaders saw that, they were able to quickly assess and say, hey, Joe would definitely be a better fit for a much higher role. And what I'm getting at here is if you're not happy with the compensation that you're receiving as, as a salesperson, Maybe you need to create more value for yourself, show your company that you have more value to provide, and then you can ultimately move up in the ranks. And if that's not going to be the case, if you don't see that there's room for you to grow, then it would go back to what we originally spoke about, which is simultaneously find a career, find a job. I mean, I know you have an incredible marketplace where you help put people in these positions. So if, if someone comes to you, maybe they can do research on the side and find a company that they can actually see a better fit for them. They can find some passion and um, actively pursue it. I think nowadays a lot of companies are offering sign-on bonuses or maybe upfront payments just to get started. So maybe, yeah, so you know, they can... I'm just trying to like find, you know, the, the, the level of if you're fearing of being in the streets. I mean, I've been homeless before. It's not that bad. You know, as long as you have a car <laughs> and a gym, you should. Health is important, right? To... <laughs> I mean, not even that, but just being able to shower health. and put on a suit yeah. and have nobody know that you're homeless. Yeah, I think people have seen the movie Pursuit of Happiness. I mean, these six, there's more success stories of people in adversity than, than there are. Um, you know, happy stories of people who've, who've gotten everything from a silver spoon and then decide that life isn't good for them. And there's all crazy stories. But just to unpack what you just said, it's anybody who feels like they're stuck, right? Anybody who, who feels like they, they can't quit, they can't afford to lose their job, you have options and your options are to work your ass off to move up the ladder, uh, ask for, you know, advice from mentors to kind of know what they need to get done so you can move up and even maybe look for a weekend or night job to level up your skills and earn more, right? Also, if, if I may add to that too, what I found that has been working for me and, and also people within my company, but being transparent with your leaders and letting them know your situation, it's okay, don't fear the rejection like you're a salesperson like don't fear rejection but go to your leaders and explain your situation say hey listen i'm currently making x dollars i'm just barely staying afloat what can i do to make more money asking the question what can i do to make more money in this company how can i add more value 
that also will go a long way because if you're working for a good company and the people genuinely care about their people, they're going to find a way to make it work. And I've seen it happen yeah. many times. With I had this exact conversation well. today with a, a female friend of mine that actually took a job in which her, her take-home check is like 2800 bucks after taxes, which is, which is, as you know, in Fort Lauderdale, just puts it in a hard position to live. And um, my advice to her was uh, tell your leaderships the truth and honesty. Um, her pushback to me is I'm afraid of getting fired. Uh, what would you, and I, you know, obviously I don't want to answer this question because I know, I, what would you say to somebody who's, who fears that honesty will get them fired? Most of the time, and in my experience as well, what we think is going to happen when we think something negative is going to happen as a result of what we want to bring up out of our out of our heart space, sometimes the opposite, or I should say 80% of the time, the opposite happens. And what I'm saying is if, you, if you're thinking of having that conversation to go up to your leaders and ask for more money, ask for a raise or, or whatever the case may be, if you fear that they're going to fire you, it's, it's, that's all in your head. It's all mental. That's, only, that's going on in your mind only. That's not going on on their mind. At the end of the day, people are people, and, and if, you're, if you're speaking with, with genuine people, then you should be able to find some sort of solution that can meet both But both I, I agree with you, right? I, I agree. Um, I agree with honesty. I, and, and, you know, I, I, that was my advice to the specific person. Um, but anybody listening, I think, I think it's, a, it, it's, it's something that people should really just own and adopt. There's ways of saying things that are you know, business centric, right? Like I could be Joe's uh, sales rep for Joe and I'd be like, Joe, I love this company. I'm so passionate about what I'm doing here. I get up every day excited, but I'm actually struggling a little bit just with the inflation cost. And I was wondering if it was what I could do to earn more money. Um, is there any opportunities for me to do extra work, learn some stuff? Um, I, I only ask because of just the situation I'm in. And, and you know, like I said before, this has been great. And, and I think, I did a little role play with you right there, but I think if you ask that same question versus, hey, Joe, I'm not getting paid enough, pay me more, right? I think that the delivery probably is a big difference where a lot of people who are afraid, yeah. to be honest, don't process the fact that how you deliver something can be, it could change, it could actually make your employer be like, oh man, I feel bad, like, like oh man. Everything. Like, you know, like you're struggling and I'm, I'm putting worse is how you say it. So I think people need to, and this goes for sales too, back to how you did your opener, right? Um, versus sounding robotic versus kind of making a relationship with somebody. Um, this has been awesome. Before we go, I want to know about, I want to know. I want... Yeah, it's not, it's not what well, you say, it's how you say yeah, it, right? Yeah, and that's what's going to be left, right? I think we have an army of AI robots coming that can manipulate your voice, look at you. So at soon, the human element, that energy you give off is what robots can't replace. They can replace your voice now. They can replace your video, right? Um, so I think that's going to be a skill that people can look for that. And it's something that you had, right? Like we, we didn't work together when we first met, we had no real connection, but we stayed in touch. It was mainly because in my opinion, you had a positive energy about life. You wanted to learn and get more. I think that was the common thing that I felt from you. And I think that you felt for me. And now later on, we're able to do more things together, but it, that wasn't why we stayed in touch, right? It had to do with the personal elements and, and at least for me, and I think people need to, double down on yeah. that. Um, tell me a little bit about your role. How did you get it? What did you start doing? And uh, how did you get your first promotion?
So I got my job because I, I met my CEO about five years ago in a gym. And my CEO saw something in me. He saw a potential that I could be a good fit. So he brought me under his wing and he showed me the ropes. And then eventually, um, you know, everything just falls into place. So when our program, the, the government program that we're working on, when that first came out about a year and a half, two years ago, and I was just on the front end taking my, my sales calls, I was doing about 30, 40 meetings every single day. I was signing about 250 clients every single month um, by myself. And for the company, that was tens of millions. At this point, it's hundreds of millions of dollars that we've, we've delivered to, to these different clients. And the company's been making tens and twenties and thirties millions of dollars based on my production and what I've, what I've done. So I've had multiple um, promotions within my own company. And this is also going back to, you know, just to eliminate any type of fear that anyone listening might have. But I asked for a promotion to do one specific program. And you know what? I failed at it within my own company. Thankfully, the, you know, the results that I produced prior were, was enough to make up for it. But the new role that I got into, it just didn't really work out for me. And it, it wasn't something that I was actually passionate about because uh, for me, it, there was no incentive to, to do more. And then eventually with my experience, with my ability to understand everything about this company and how it works, how our process works, I was able to step into the head of sales for, for bottom line. So right now I'm the head of sales. I manage about 40 salespeople. We just hired another four today and um, we're hiring another 50 because we just made some massive partnerships that's going to take our company to another stratosphere. I mean, right now our CEO, he's literally in New York with Kevin O'Leary and he's expanding to go, you know, on the news exclusively for the next two years, promoting our, our business. So it's, it's exciting. So um, it's growing and my job is to just adapt and make sure that our team is constantly in the know of how our process works and making sure that our clients are having a, a very good What was the, uh, I mean, this is all amazing. I, I could talk to you forever about just driving deep into all these changes, but I think one common theme for anybody listening is that you, you, you never let your head go down and you took everything as, you took everything as motivation and move forward and, and you, you kind of defaulted to becoming really good at what you do by learning your product, right? And that was your default mode. Like, how am I gonna get out of this situation? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get really good at my product. I'm gonna understand my company. I'm gonna understand my buyers, right? Uh, for anybody listening who's maybe a sales rep, an SDR, an AE, looking to make the jump to a sales leader like yourself, manage people, what was the biggest change or biggest hurdle you had to overcome from going from a, let's call it individual contributor to a team player? The eliminating the eliminating the view or excuse me, eliminating what I thought that my leaders thought of me. So as a salesperson, in any company, sometimes you create this self image, right? Your self confidence. And there could be some insecurity that you might not be viewed as a leader or can be possible of leading a team. And I had to eliminate that. And that was tough. And that comes from within. But I, I had this weird thought that my, my executives didn't see me as a team leader or someone who could be fit for this role. 
And that was probably the biggest obstacle for me. And I eliminated that. I got rid of the thought that they had any type of negative um, thought about me. And I just was actively persistent. But I showed up. Most importantly is I showed up. And when something, when a problem came about or there was anything that I knew that I can solve or just show them, hey, I'm capable of doing this, I'm capable of solving these problems, that's when they started to take notice and that's when they started to keep pushing me towards this leadership role. Because our leaders, they yeah. want us to be able to solve problems, right? Amir, you hire people so that you don't have to not deal with problems, but you have smarter people or you have better people who are in place to solve these problems to help move on and move on and move on to the next steps. So I wanted to show them that I can solve problems if I'm in the position. So, so that's really what I, I focused on is if there was a problem, how can I solve this? How can I solve it effectively and make every single body, every single person that's involved feel good about what just happened? I think there's a so constant that, theme really of like push I, on I Joe and Joe will push well. back, right? And not push back with words and this would push back with effort, energy showing up, right? It's kind of the core. Um, I think anybody listening, it's, it's also good to add that as human beings, we don't need to be everything to everybody, right? There could be certain qualities you have that can get us in the end zone and allow us to win the game. I think people are frozen with uh, thinking that they need to be perfect, right? A perfect interview or a perfect this, perfect thing. But mm -hmm. you know, I think everybody has that kind of core quality that can carry them forward, right? Um, you're very young in your career, right? 28 years old, running a team of 45, hiring more people, generating hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. Um, if you could do it all over again, would you change anything? And what, what if, what would you change? That's tough because I'm so young. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel that every, every decision, every thought, every job that I've ever had, every mentor that I've had, I feel that it was meant to happen. I mean, I do fall into that weird spiritual um, aspect of life where I believe that things are, there's a reason for everything. And there's a reason why I did the, the things I did. There's a reason why the things that happened to me, I believe that it was all, it was all supposed to happen. They, those hardships so, so helped me. They made me learn. They're things happened for you, not to you. And that's, and I'll, exactly. I'll agree with yes. you on that one. Things happened right? for me. Um, I agree with him on that one. Joe, this has been awesome. We're going to talk more for anybody who wants to follow you on social media to see all the awesome things you're doing. I, I follow you on social media and I get motivated to, to buy my next car and stuff like that. Where can they find you? And especially also if they want to join your team. <laughs> what are you driving these days? What's, Joe, what are you um, driving these days? You can find me on any... Right now, today, I what have, did you the, have the, other uh, the G63, the G-Wagon. But um, and anybody listening, Joe got this with done. sales and not giving up. Where can we find you, Joe? Yeah, sales. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you can find me on any social media. My name is Joe Bosco. There's no. Um, so guys, yeah, there's no quick rich story, Bosco. right? You want to trade Bitcoin? Sure, go for it. But uh, you can you can get to high level sales. Joe's 28. Joe, this has been awesome. I uh, I appreciate you being on the show. And everybody, thank you for listening to the first ever episode of transform life podcast and joe what a good story to start this off with man i appreciate you um thank you and goodbye